Welcome to Emerging Tech Mastery, a show that demystifies cutting-edge technology like cryptocurrency, the blockchain, metaverse, NFTs, virtual reality, the maker movement, artificial intelligence, machine learning, cloud, edge, and even fog computing. Strap in as we ride into the fourth industrial revolution. Emerging Tech Mastery provides actionable knowledge, regardless of skill level, from experts in the trenches. We piece together this intel in easy-to-consume media formats, processes, and procedures. See you in the future. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on another episode of Emerging Tech Mastery. I'm your host, Aaron Mungle. And on this episode, another solo episode, I want to talk about six reasons why free and open source software, also known as FOSS, F-O-S-S, will save the world. So free and open source software, as I said, FOSS for short, is really the backbone of computers, programming, and the World Wide Web as a whole. Really code as a whole. In fact, Almost 40% of known websites, operating systems, and 85% of smartphones use Linux, which is a super popular free and open source operating system. It has many different distributions and brands and formats and types of code bases for different purposes. And it literally runs the internet and our ecosystem using computers as we know it. So Richard Stallman, who founded the Free Software Foundation, as well as GNU, which is a Unix clone, and Unix was one of the first ever operating systems, and it needed some rebuilding, so Richard Stallman took it on himself to create another version of it. He quotes around free software, free software means software that respects users' freedom and community. Roughly, it means that the users have the freedom to run, copy, distribute, study, change, and improve the software. Thus, free software is a matter of liberty, not price. To understand the concept, you should think of free, in quotes, as in free speech, in quotes, not as in free beer, in quotes. Another one of Stallman's breakthrough ideas was the four essential freedoms. The four essential freedoms are, one, the freedom to run the program as you wish for any purpose. Two, the freedom to study how the program works and change it so it does your computing as you wish. Number three, the freedom to redistribute copies so you can help others. Number four, the freedom to distribute copies of your modified version to others. Now, Linus Torvald was a Finnish developer and he created the world famous Linux kernel. So Richard Stallman and his team had mostly redone Unix with his GNU operating system, but he was missing the kernel. What's the kernel, you might ask? Well, it's the brain of the operating system that talks to the hardware and software and translates it into a language that our keyboard or mouse can understand. It essentially is a set of code that brings all these components together in a easy to use, convenient, and fast way. Before, you might have to do complex code and command line work, which the average user does not know how to do. And even if you do know how to do it, it's a lot of work. 
So Linux Torvald, a Finnish computer scientist, stepped in at this stage and created the first iteration of this new and innovative program. And ultimately, he handed it over to the web and the internet and the community, and he published it for free. And apparently, he had a bunch of people jump in to help him and make it better. And that ended up being the version 1.0 that came out and has now become, really, it has mushroomed into a variety of distributions and you know, Linux distros, as they call them. And here we are. So that's a little bit of a precursor discussion around some very key players of free and open source, not just from a philosophical standpoint, but also actually building stuff. So very thankful to those two figures, Richard Stallman and Linus Torvald. And there's many, many, many other people who may not be known, may be anonymous, may be pseudonymous, maybe don't want to be known, but are known in those circles that have put in tons of work. So don't feel like these are the only two people that did anything. Um, obviously, there was a nice base before they even got involved. So I just wanted to bring your attention to some key figures and get you to think a little bit about that. So now let's get into the six reasons why free and open source software, FOSS, will save the world. Number one, openness and transparency offers unprecedented security and resilience. So a worldwide peer-to-peer -peer review of code really helps avoid weakness in the code and instills robust engineering from the ground up. The reason for this is because when you publish code online, you have dozens, maybe hundreds, maybe even thousands of people taking a look at your code. Even the most well-funded corporation could not have as many people as open source brings to the table. So it really allows a robust and careful development, which increases security and strength of the program because more people have looked at it, more people have poked at it, found possible vulnerabilities or issues. So open source really brings a powerful force without needing to be some big corporation that has millions or even billions of dollars to fund it themselves, so to speak. Number two, it maximizes the speed of innovation through open global collaboration. Anyone can freely download and repurpose code anywhere in the world with a computer or internet. Now, sometimes there are some specific agreements, like there's an MIT license agreement or there's a maybe GNU agreement, and they often are pretty open, as in you can do whatever you want with the code. They just ask that you share any improvements you make back to the original repository, which is where these code bases are stored on places like GitHub, which is sort of this common home for code and programs and open source publishing of code. Okay, number three, it brings powerful code and tools into the hands of the layperson. Free and open source software, FOSS, gives a bionic arm to builders who could not have created it on their own. You have back to the corporations with lots of money and funding. Some of them will publish some of their work open source. You know, people like Google. And, you know, there's a lot of negativity towards Google and it may have some validity, but let's not deny that Google has published a lot of their work openly. As companies do that, I mean, we can't be Google, right? 
or we could, but most people can't. So the fact that I could stand on the shoulders of giants a little bit by using some of Google's code or open source information that they have shared is quite a powerful concept that really doesn't exist in many other industries. I mean, can you imagine a car company giving, oh, here you go, here's a, you know, here's our gear ratio. I mean, I actually think that uh, maybe that's a bad example because I think Mercedes actually gave away the anti-lock brake system technology free to the market. So that's a good example of an analog equivalent. And it's good to remember that there's many corporations that are actually fighting the good fight and sharing some of their knowledge. And that's pretty powerful because they could just as easily hoard that and keep it to themselves. So that's a really cool feature of open source and the philosophy and culture around it. Okay, number four. It brings out the best in humans. Now, not to get a uh, kind of hippie mode here, but you know, most of the open source community are unpaid, voluntary, and passionate builders. Why else would you build what you're building? It's truly a group effort of helping each other through making these free public goods available to all. And all we have to do is simply pay it forward, continue to follow this really awesome rubric and template of conduct that has been put together by people that are in these circles. And really big thank you to all the people that have been building this ecosystem we are involved in, namely computing and technology and Pretty much a lot of people that we don't know that are just quietly making things happen. They'll probably never ever get an award or, you know, any kind of acknowledgement from the world, but that they do what they do back to the passion comment, right? So really powerful, again, concept here, philosophy, and it really activates people in a powerful way. Okay, number five, open source code is protected under free speech. Now, I'm talking about the United States of America here and specifically the First Amendment, which protects freedom of press, freedom of speech. There was a very famous case where the NSA, National Security Agency, threatened to put Phil Zimmerman in jail. Now, Phil Zimmerman was coding pretty good privacy and encryption protocol that he was working on. And, you know, the government wanted to say that, oh, you know what? Encryption is a uh, munition that is governed under ITAR, which basically is a federal organization that says if you can have a gun or not, right? And there's rules around making guns. So they wanted to say that code was a gun or a weapon or actually a, a controlled munition was, I believe, how they put it. But thankfully, they failed in their efforts to put Phil Zimmerman in jail and the First Amendment prevailed. Yay. So now that has created a precedence for protecting basically all published code. Okay, number six, it's usually free of charge. Now, in a world where everything is metered and comes with a price tag, you know, open source is a refreshing change of pace, economically speaking. This enables anyone, regardless of socioeconomic status, to use it. You could be in the developing world. You could be super rich. You could be somewhere in between. You could be middle. You could be middle-low. You could be low. You could be low to high. You could be high that just became low. You could be low that just became high. And you can all access this code. All it takes is a desire, a computer, and an internet connection. Despite its open nature and often free price, it, meaning free and open source, is a powerful force used by thousands of companies worldwide. In fact, most smartphones and the web run on it. And ultimately, free and open source software is a powerful force for good in the world that enhances us as humans and communities. Well, that's it for this one. I hope you enjoyed my discussion of open source and things like Linux. And as you know, I'm a big fan of Linux. It's not the sexiest topic, 
but I can tell you as a layperson, a non-techie, a non-coder, not a developer, I am more of a business development guy, a marketing guy, a business management was my degree in college. I have been able to jump in and benefit from these tools. You've heard me go on about the Raspberry Pi. You've heard me go on about why you should learn Linux. Well, now you're going to hear me go on about free and open source. I haven't gotten to privacy tech. It's been a while since I wrote on that. I do have an article on Monero, privacy-focused crypto. But you can jump into this. You can find tools. You can often find very inexpensive tech. I mean, the Raspberry Pi's original MSRP was $35. And even with the supply issues that we've seen recently, it's still pretty close. And the things you can do on it are truly epic, truly. So I encourage you to consider taking a look at Linux. Definitely take a look at open source applications because even if you're a Mac, Windows, you know, Apple, Microsoft, Google, right? Those are definitely not open source companies, but especially Google have really shared a lot of open source concepts and information and intellectual property with the web, and they did not have to do that. So I do think there is a feast for you there, and I invite you to check it out. And, you know, there's different levels. You could just simply use an alternative to a paid program, like maybe an office suite or maybe an operating system or maybe a design program that charges a healthy monthly rate. You could jump in and find an open source alternative that just might be free and it just might be as good if not better than the paid version so that's about it thanks again for listening and i will see you in the future First Amendment prevailed. Yay.